Welcome to episode 6 of Man in the Making. This is a continuation of episode 5 on energy management. Do you remember Tesla's quote about energy? If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibrations. Or something okay. like that. Yeah. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibrations. You quoted it exactly. So this is, again, a good example of why I recommend to people to study effective, powerful people that came before us, you know, that, 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 that wrote about their experiences that are notable, that changed society in some way, right? They, they, they tend to document interesting things that we need to learn about, even if they're no longer relevant. Like a lot of Tesla's work probably... Um, is not going to impact your future. I mean, his work is impacting our future, obviously, because he worked with, uh, he was a science, a scientist that worked with energy. That's a big deal. Yeah. So, but that knowledge may not help directly in your life. Like, how is that going to help me not be depressed? But we have to pay attention to the things these people did and, and what the little gems that they said every now and then. You know, usually for most people before they go insane. So let's go back. If you want to find the secrets of the universe. Okay, so the secrets of the universe. Like, what the hell does that mean? And, and he's right. It, it, people are saying this every day all across social media. But they're saying it in different ways, right? I'm saying to wake up early. I, I, I'm saying to cultivate uh, energy management to get energy back and to reciprocate energy. So Nikola Tesla is saying, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Now, if we think of money as energy, if we think of our speech as giving out energy or giving out money, we, we would conserve it, right? We would want to withhold some of it so that we had more of it. Um, and so when we think of different things in it as a, as a, a oneness as a type of, um, you know, as if we're all on the same vibratory rate and frequency and that everything is interconnected, we would pay more attention to detail. We would pay more attention to the people that we keep close to us and um, the places that we go to because all of it has a way of impacting our well-being. And that's why... Uh, energy management, I think is so important. And, and someone the other day, someone who actually bought one of my courses um, on energy management uh, said, you know, he's kind of skeptical about things that talk about energy and, and I don't blame him. And there's a lot of stuff out there that is uh, affiliated with yoga. It's affiliated with the new age movement of, of, Hey, like, even I'm doing it in my tone, right? When I switch over to that mode, it's like, hey, everything's good. Like, let's love each other and be at peace and, and balance our chakras. Like, that's a whole movement out there. And it doesn't help a lot of people because it has to do with manipulating energy directly. Like, that's not so easy to do and it's not a good thing to do all the time and it's not safe either. So a lot of people in the meditation world are like, when I meditate, 
I feel this, like I start vibrating all of a sudden and, and things like that. And it's like, look, you need to relax. Like we're not, we're not trying to manipulate our own energy sources directly. We're trying to indirectly manipulate them. So waking up early and uh, going to the gym and getting fresh air and eating good foods are indirectly manipulating energy indirectly we're not exactly attacking our uh you know centers of willpower in the solar plexus and forcing them to do anything that's not safe that's not recommended in the mystical arts and so that's it's very understanding why people are off put put off by that it's, it, it is off-putting because it's not it's not something that um is going to help a mom of three kids, you know, to meditate for an hour and try to raise her consciousness into her, uh, you know, third eye and, you know, start to have psychic powers, right? That's not going to feed her three kids or that's not going to help them get to school. Um, and that's not going to necessarily help an athlete who needs to make it to practice each and every day, but also uh, pass math. Like, Trying to manipulate your energy sources directly is a, is a mystical and occult science that is not practical all the time. And so what we need to do, what university students need to do, what, what lawyers and doctors and moms need to do is, yes, we need to, we need to manipulate energy, but we need to do it indirectly by, by supporting that which directly helps our family life, our, our university life. And the occult, the new age, and the energy-based people who directly try to force things like that and to go into other worlds, that's not good. That's not necessarily helpful. Um, and, and I think that's why a lot of famous, important people like Nikola Tesla stood out eventually from the mainstream. And that's why these quotes are good, but they don't necessarily... Um, help everyone all the time and like nikola tesla i think uh you know tell me if i'm wrong rogas he eventually didn't get funding for his projects because he started to like go crazy um there was the tesla tower that he was trying to make where you can harness energy from the earth uh, and he didn't get funding for it uh, because the bigger companies realized that if he succeeded in doing so, then they would lose a lot of money because essentially the energy would be free and available for the whole world. So they would so lose out on a lot of, of money. He was ahead of his time, for sure. Um, and we still don't really know if that is possible, but because he didn't get funding, he wasn't able to fully um, commit to it. Right. So there's political reasons too, obviously. Um, but does what I'm saying kind of make sense about indirect and direct energy manipulation? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then it says here, so he later actually goes on to say, the scientists of today think deeply instead of clearly. One must be sane to think clearly, but one can think deeply and be quite insane. And that's an interesting 
quote to carry on, which probably never gets quoted after the first quote because the first quote kind of sounds good, but one can think deeply and be quite insane, right? So we don't want to go there. We don't want to be a part of a movement that takes us away from our exams or takes us away from our studies or or children, you know, family or jobs. Uh, we don't want that. And I think a lot of people don't get into meditation. A lot of people don't get into um, these things that can help them in their life because it's a part of another genre that they don't want to quite break into because they have so many other stresses and responsibilities. And, and not enough people are talking about balance. Not enough people are talking about the uh, indirect ways of, of manipulating energy, which is, you know, the practice of waking up early, the practice of taking cold showers, you know, to kind of snap you up and into the day, you know, kind of really reflecting who needs to be in your life. Those are, those are the prerequisites to meditation. Um, yeah. With all the devices around us and all the stimulation and information go around, uh, I think people have largely lost touch with just sitting in silence and going deep into their thoughts. That's something I heard is very important to just sometimes take time and sit in silence, even if you're not necessarily meditating, because the most creative thoughts can come from that silence. Right, right. So people are, um, I mean, people are using apps to help them do that, right? Like Headspace, to help them meditate and everything. And, and the founder of Headspace is, uh, was a monk for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think people will always come back to the teacher student relationship. I, I think using social media, um, to get that balance, you know, to use a meditation app, I'm not sure I'm a, I'm a firm believer in it. And, but if it helps you, I think that's amazing and, and to keep doing it. But it's like people need to get away from their devices for a while. and if they rely on their device for peace and contentment, what happens if, if they don't have it? Like what happens if you don't have headspace? Like what happens if the company collapses and the app no longer um, produces updates and then crashes on a new version of a phone? Like you never learned how to be without it. You still never learned how to be without it. You needed the app. So, the idea of the teacher and student relationship, uh, the teacher teaches the student to one day teach himself, to, to, to be alone in, with themselves and, and to be a master in that arena. And, and a good teacher can do that. And what I do is uh, teach people shum. And shum is the language of meditation uh, that I was taught by monks that, guides my own meditations. So not only do you learn another language that was developed just for meditation, you learn independence. You know, you learn peace and contentment and meditation through independence and guided study. And then you can go to France, you can go or you can go be in Chicago. Doesn't matter. You can use shoom. You can be in a prison cell and use shoom. You don't need a device. So you do need the teacher 
to eventually help you master yourself. And then, you know, the, the student becomes the teacher eventually and, and starts teaching themselves more and more things. And um, I, I think that's often widely forgot about 